freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening, right here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, March 7th, 2015. This show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. We have a great show lined up for you here tonight. I'm going to be giving live on the air this evening my presentation that I originally gave back in Fe- on February 10th of this year uh, called The True Meaning and Purpose of the Second Amendment. And I will be breaking down the Second Amendment into its constituent elements and then reassembling it to explain what the founders who wrote this particular um, uh, guarantee a protection of an inalienable, inherent human right actually meant by it and uh, what the actual purpose of that guarantee was. You know, why was it in effect? Why was this put into effect? Why was this enshrined in the Bill of Rights to the Constitution of the United States? So that's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. And this is going to be part of a small series that I'm going to be doing on gun ownership rights and uh, also on the fear of rebellion, because this is something that is huge in the so-called truth and freedom community. Uh, People thinking that there is no such thing as lawful physical rebellion, or that somehow it couldn't work, or that somehow it couldn't be successful, or somehow there's no right to that. And uh, I'm going to be trying over the next few weeks to completely and utterly bury and dispel that myth, which is what it is. It's a lie, it's a myth, and it's, quite frankly, New Age bullcrap, okay, is what that is. So uh, this series hopefully will put people on the right side of this equation when it comes to gun rights, and there is a right side to it. 100% black and white, there is a right, a correct, a moral side to this issue. And quite frankly, you know, another part of the issue that I'm going to be picking Uh, Just as a brief aside, before we jump into the presentation for tonight, 
there's people in other countries that are completely on the wrong side of this equation. And there's a lot of Americans who are on the wrong side of this equation, but I'll tell you what, there are people in other countries like England, Australia, uh, you know, places that are allegedly part of the quote unquote free world, part of the quote unquote civilized countries of the world. And they're complete and utter prankster jokesters when it comes to this issue. I'm coming out with both barrels blazing night. I'm swinging for the fences, okay? Because I'm so tired of hearing people who have absolutely no idea what is going on when it comes to human enslavement because their people have already been disarmed. These are little naive punk boys that have no idea what's going on in this world. They're not real men and they have no idea what it's going to take to protect freedom. They're a bunch of jokes. So right off the bat, I'm coming out with that kind of energy. How about that, folks? All right? Because there's too many damn people in this world who don't understand gun rights. They don't get it. And there's a huge amount of women on that side of the equation, too. And they're a big, gigantic part of the problem, especially in this country when it comes to the anti-gun lobby. Because they're cowards. They're cowards. You want to know what it all comes down to, folks? Right there. How about we get this all out on the table, right out in the open before I even start? Because I'll be going into this in depth in coming weeks. These people are cowards. They just have absolutely no courage and they wouldn't stand up to tyrants. Well, you know what? I'll place myself in the company of the people who waged the first American Revolution instead of in the company of people who are total cowards and won't stand up for their rights. They think they're going to talk their way out of slavery. Your little children is what you are, if you think that way. Let me tell you, let me just say it right out in the open before I even begin the presentation tonight. Anybody who is anti-gun is pro-slavery. The end. That's all it really comes down to. How about that? Good night, everybody. That's all I really need to come out and say. If you're anti-gun, you're pro-slavery. The problem is, these are little, naive, punk children who don't even understand that. So, uh, let me give the call-in number, because if there's time following the presentation tonight, I will be taking phone calls. I'm not going to guarantee that there will be, but we'll see. The call-in number to join us later, probably in the third hour of the show this evening, is 800-313-9443. Once again, the call-in number, if you want to get in the queue and uh, bring up anything you want to talk about regarding uh, the Second Amendment and gun ownership rights, the toll-free number to join us here on What on Earth is Happening, 800-313-9443. And folks, you could tell I'm fired up tonight because this is an issue that too few people in the modern world fully understand because of all the mind control propaganda that they have been barraged with since the moment they fell out of the womb. Non-stop being hammered into the brain of these people. And they've bought it wholesale. Because they don't want to take any personal responsibility for their own freedom. For the preservation of freedom. 
for the acquisition of it and then its preservation. That's why they don't have it. That's why most countries in the world have not even a modicum of freedom and are openly enslaved because they've been disarmed and they let themselves become that way. And they think it's so great that there's no guns in their country. They're a bunch of naive, childish clowns. You've been clowned, you've been had. If there's no guns in your country, that means slavery was perfected there. It's what that means, boys and girls. People say, oh, you're talking down to people. Yeah, you're damn right I am. Talking down at you. Because if you've let yourself been, be disarmed, you've allowed yourself to be enslaved and you deserve to be talked down to. Till you grow the courage to remedy that situation. And let me tell you something. You ain't The powers that should not be in this world but currently are, let me tell you something. You're never going to get that done in the United States. You bank on it, boys. You're never getting it done here. Know it like you know the sun's coming up tomorrow morning. It ain't ever going to happen. I'll tell you what, not without unimaginable bloodshed. Because you think people aren't sick and tired of what's going on in this country? Police absolutely raping the rights of people. An open police state being forged. Another homeless man shot, murdered in Los Angeles this past week. Hardly anybody even talking about it. For being homeless. This is eugenics. Pure and simple. No resistance on the part of the people. For a murder that took place in broad daylight. A murder. And then they won't release the footage. They won't release the the body cam footage from the police because they know it shows a murder, pure and simple. Shooting an unarmed homeless man. You got to be kidding. These police are scumbag animals. Scumbag animals. Anybody who supports them is a Nazi lover. A damn Nazi lover. You're not sick of what's going on in this country. You should be embarrassed for yourself. You should be embarrassed if you're not angry and sick of it. If you're not talking about it to everybody you know. Before I start the presentation for this evening, let me give a couple of quick announcements. The Free Your Mind 3 conference, of course, coming at us. And, you know, my presentation is probably going to be just as hard-hitting as what you just heard here tonight at the Free Your Mind 3 conference because I'm going to be talking about these cowardly animals called order followers. They're the bane of the whole world. They're, they're, They're the absolute bane of human freedom. They're the people who are keeping people enslaved. My presentation at Free Your Mind 3 is going to be called The Cult of Ultimate Evil, Order Followers and the Destruction of the Sacred Feminine. These are the, the, the absolute destroyers of care in the world. And people think that they're doing something to help people. 
I mean, you have to be completely and utterly stupid. Not just asleep, but stupid. If that's what you believe. You can't see that order following is the purest form of evil. And that's all these people do. Go and get this person out of here. Go and stop this person from selling cigarettes. You know, go and collect this tax money. Go and rip this person out of their home. Go and, you know, stop this person from, you know, uh, holding a substance that we deem is absolutely illegal, is off limits for human consumption. All this stuff, when none of these people have harmed one damn person, not committed one wrongdoing by causing harm to anybody. And these people are willing to just go, yeah, oh, I'll follow those orders like a, a unthinking robot. Because that's what they are. They're a piece of trash whose mothers and fathers didn't raise them one bit. And their parents were trash. So this is what I'm going to talk about at the Free Your Mind conference. And trust me, you know, I know Larkin Rose likes to joke around and say when he goes to conferences, he wants to make everybody else's presentation look tame by comparison. Well, I'm going to make everybody's put together look tame by comparison. I'll get up there and say the things nobody else wants to say publicly out in the open. I'll put a target on myself because I don't care what the powers that be are going to do. I'm telling them out in the open. Out in the open what I think of them and I'm going to tell the truth openly because that's what I'm here to do. That's it. And I'm standing in the power of truth and righteousness and I harm none. That's it. And as long as I know that, I'm speaking the truth out openly with 100% courage. I don't care what happens to me in the physical body. But I guarantee you, you're not coming at me with violence and you're not and, and ex, don't expect to have absolutely no physical resistance. I know what my rights are. And I know self-defense is one of the inherent rights of humanity. The end. And all y'all listening out there need to get that through your damn thick skulls. Especially the women out there listening. And you need to become gun ownership rights activists. And understand this is something that can never be taken away from a people who intend to remain free. If you don't already know that, you're clowned out. You're already under deep mind control and you need, to, you need to get your brain out of it. Your brain's addled if, if you think that, that gun ownership isn't a good thing or isn't a right. A human right. You don't understand self-defense and that means you got at best half the equation. At best. You probably don't even have that much. The Free Your Mind 3 Conference, April 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2015, at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel, 400 North Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, just outside the city limits of Philadelphia. The speakers lined up for this great event coming up in April. Bob Tuscan, Clint Richardson, Curtis Davis, Dennis McKenna, Derek Brose, Ed Fortune, 
Freighter X, Freeman, Fritz Springmeyer, Jay Parker, Janice Barcello, John Bush, John Vibes, Josie the Outlaw Wales, Laura Eisenhower, Lennon Honor, Luke Rudkowski, Mark Devlin, myself Mark Passio, Ross Ben, Stuart Swerdlow, and the Anti-Media Panel. There will also be a panel discussion with the speakers of this great event. There will also be open mic uh, sessions at the end of each night with uh, you know anybody that wants to get up and talk about a, t- uh, a topic of interest. An all-weekend pass for Free Your Mind 3, $150. Tickets are available at the conference website, freeyourmindconference.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the biggest conference of its kind, certainly on the East Coast, probably in the whole United States or possibly even in the world in 2015. Free Your Mind 3. Be there. Support this great event. Get your tickets now. FreeYourMindConference.com This is one you do not want to miss. It is only five weeks away. There are still a very limited number of What on Earth is Happening promotional t-shirts available. I only have a few left. Um, So if you want one, uh, click the email link that's listed in the article at the top of the news section. They're available in return for a voluntary donation. Also, there is a donation button on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website. If you feel you've received value from the information I've presented on the airwaves and on my website, then uh, please feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that I can continue into the future. With that having been said, I just want to point everybody to the radio show page of the whatonearthishappening.com website. Underneath the player for tonight's broadcast, if you're listening live, you will see images for tonight's show. They're the Free Your Mind Conference um, uh, posters. And then under that, you'll see Second Amendment presentation slides. That's the slideshow, those numerical links. You can click those. I'll try to be cognizant of um, providing the number of the slide that I am on at any given time before I move to the next slide. And uh, you can uh, bring that up in a slideshow. Uh, on online. Uh, if also, if you're listening with the podcast, you could do that there as well. This is podcast 188. We're rapidly making our way to number 200. Uh, probably the easiest way to get the slides is just download the zip archive. It's a 13.7 megabyte file that's also available uh, under the uh, player for the show on the radio show page. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin the Second Amendment presentation on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. People better start waking up real fast, folks, you know? I mean, because they're losing their souls is what's going on because they're so completely under mind control. I mean, they actually believe that there is legitimacy to human authority. 
They actually believe these police and politicians are God and that all their commands must be obeyed without question. They actually believe there's no such thing as lawful and righteous rebellion against these absolute criminals. Well, there were people who really deeply understood inherent human rights. They understood the absolute necessity of firearms ownership in the defense against tyranny. And people want to insist, oh, this is just for somehow personal defense, like on the street or something, or it's for hunting rights, you know? Just utter nonsense, the things, these revisionist explanations about what the Second Amendment was put in place for. Hopefully, after understanding this presentation that I'm going to be giving on the airwaves today, you know, you'll grasp that the writers of the Second Amendment, the authors of it themselves, and the other founders of this country firmly, firmly put the Second Amendment in place because they understood it was the last hedge of protection against all-out enslavement, which is where the entire majority of the world already is. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one place that isn't even close to that, as much of a police state is in, is in place, they know they have to psychologically do that to try to make us think they're all powerful because they know that there's still at least 100 million gun owners in the United States. And that number's growing. It's growing. And it's a beautiful thing. Armed people are free. Disarmed people are slaves. That's all it ultimately comes down to. That's the equation that you need to get through your head. So I originally gave this presentation on February 10th of this year. We're already into the third month of the year. I mean, this year is already flying by. It's amazing. It's March already. Past, we're into the fully almost past the first week of March. Spring is right around the corner. I gave this at a meeting of Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks. It's a great activist group that uh, is working here in Philadelphia. I attend their meetings on a monthly basis, and uh, there's great discussions that take place. It's a good group of people who understand freedom. And, um, you know, I basically had talked with him and said, you know, I give presentations. Would you like me to do one? Maybe I could bring in some numbers and try to, you know, because the meetings were like, you know, six, seven people, 10 people sometimes, but sometimes smaller than that. So I said, you know, we need to build some numbers. Let's, uh, let me do a presentation. Let me try to get some people in here and then maybe some of them will stick around and you know, retain membership in the group and start coming out on a monthly basis. So, you know, the organizer, John, said, well, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I want to talk about gun ownership rights. I said, I want to talk about the Second Amendment. This is something that's near and dear to my heart, and I think too few people understand what its original intent and purpose was. So I want to clarify that for them. And he said, okay, great. Sounds like a great idea. Start putting it together. We'll announce it. And we'll do it. So I put the presentation together and it, it happened and it was great. It was a packed house. 
really great response. Great people showed up. All um, very, very knowledgeable in their own right and uh, really got, seem to have got a lot out of the presentation. So this is a topic that I want to revisit for a number of reasons. And again, I talked about them in that little hot rant that I did at the beginning of the show because um, there's still too many, too few people worldwide who deeply understand gun ownership rights. And they're adamant about it. They think they're right. They think they're correct. They think they're so spiritual because they're anti-gun. Oh, the New Agers want all the guns done away with. These naive children in the New Age movement we're going to talk our way out of slavery, folks. Yeah, that's how it's always been done. It's how it's always worked. They, there's never a thought in any of these morons' minds that maybe, maybe, folks, maybe the actual spiritual lesson here is don't let yourself be pushed over by a bully. Maybe the spiritual lesson is that you have to physically stand up to the bully. Because you know your rights and you know the bully isn't within his. No, they never think of that. That never occurs to them. Never once. Ladies and gentlemen, before I actually officially start the presentation, I think coming up in the next segment is RBN owner and founder John Stadmiller. He wants to come on and talk about a fundraiser for the network. So that'll be coming up on the other side. Stay with us. Silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. This segment, we're going to be joined by RBN owner and founder, John Stadmiller. He's coming on right now to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, network fundraising efforts that are going on. Uh, John, are you with us? Passio, I'm just sitting here, and I was just marveling, commenting to... Uh, Mike, that's in the uh, mothership in Round Rock running everything, uh, your position on firearms. And I'm so glad to hear you talk about that. I, 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 got, a, so, I got a so little, I got a little uh, excited there tonight because uh, I, I go on some sites and some forums and I hear people really talking out their rear end when it comes to this issue. And uh, they've really been... Um, uh, uh, completely emasculated and they, they've been domesticated quite frankly when it comes to this issue and I really am trying to do my best to try to reverse uh, that that very disturbing trend so I get a little bit passionate sometimes but John I want to let you get to your very important uh, issue uh, which is about uh, RBN uh, needing some uh, assistance on the part of the listenership. Well uh, that is correct um, I don't know people don't really pay attention to everything that revolves around radio or networks or 
anything else, Mark. They know what they know. They know they want to dial in. They know they want to hear Mark Passio's show. They know they want to hear the network. There's other programs on this network that are very, very uh, important, instructive uh, programs uh, for them to tune into. Uh, information is the name of the game. Knowledge is power. And this is one of the few places uh, that you can get that. Um, years ago, uh, I was just thinking here, if I can steal a couple of minutes, you know, you're talking about how Oh, John, the, the floor is absolutely yours. I know this is a very important issue, and without uh, support like this, there is no broadcast. So you take the time that you need. Well, I, I appreciate that, Mark. I really do. And you were talking about people's attitudes about guns, and they're being just they're 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 being led to the slaughter. Uh, people that can't defend themselves. Uh, what are you going to use? Harsh words. There's no piece of paper you can hold up uh, to stop it. That's, That's right. not bulletproof. Uh, it's it's a sad state of affairs when we got to start thinking in terms of using a firearm to protect your person. That's not the world we should live in. But the only thing that keeps you and uh, death, uh, the only the only saving grace in between, is not a guarantee, but at least a chance That's right. that you can protect yourself. You and and as you were as you were talking, Mark, um, I'm getting ready to sell a personal firearm off because I got to pay personal bills here at the house, and I'm pulling out a 50 caliber uh, Navy SEAL backpack weapon, and it only measures. 31 and a half inches and I found a case of ammo that happens to be 50 cal steel core and that ammunition will go directly through an engine block you know a firearm is a firearm and years ago we noticed that there were the gun grabbers out there Yep. and it's a very very strange mix uh, but most people don't realize that it's already been written supposedly on the wall that we be uh, be disarmed and that's through the united nations and yep. uh, and every everything else so uh years ago when we saw clinton starting to mess around uh with firearms and wanting to limit them and we saw the barber boxers and everybody else coming out anti-gun what we started to do in this country is form militias uh the unorganized militia that is constitutional and is legal uh, these people, we traveled to 37 out of the 50 states, and it didn't matter if it was in the hills of Pennsylvania uh, or the deserts of Arizona. We didn't care. We went up to each individual state to set up militias to let people know how to structure them, the equipment they'll That's need, right. firearms, everything else. And since that time, uh, and the militia is still out there. That's you right. Don't hear you don't hear a lot of uh, talk about it, obviously, because good old Uncle Sammy and their eavesdropping, they're hanging on your every word, your every email, your cell phone. It doesn't matter. Samsung come out a couple of weeks ago and said, yeah, our TV sitting in your living room can listen to your conversations. This is not a safe or secure world anymore. And the only thing that's going to keep you from personal demise is going to be that personal uh, personal firearm but here's the difference uh, I realized years ago as we were setting up these militias and again folks they are out there they're not vocal they haven't gone away they haven't gotten rid of their firearms they haven't got rid of their backpacks or the desire to keep this country free it is still in place because it's not been vocal uh, don't fool yourself it's still there That's right. so what do we do in the meantime to lessen the 
damage that might be done to this country, to our lives, our freedom, our families, everything that we are familiar with in at least this lifetime, what do we do about it? Well, it's called knowledge. And I started this network. It's going to have its 11th anniversary on June 4th of this year. And once I did my bit for God, family, and country, helping to start those militias out there, um, I decided that it was time to start educating people. A trained monkey can pull a trigger. A human being has to know why. And what I decided to do was to start a network. And I started a network years ago, 21 years ago. Well, that operated for several years, and that was sold off. That became Genesis Communications Network. Ted Anderson bought it. Um, one thing or another wasn't quite a good fit, me being grandfathered into that network, and I was, uh, I was asked to leave the network that I founded, and that's how RBN came into being. Uh, that was up and running after I did a show on GCN. That was up and running in 30 days. And it's been running continually ever since. Why? For the knowledge. For the information. You can't hear programming like this on any other radio outlet aside from the dwindling what is called quote-unquote alternative media. Well, I always thought of it as being the alternative to the propaganda channels. We're being pounded with it every single day. I, I mean, it, it's I'm comfortably numb with it. I, I see it going on all around me, Mark, but I have a tendency to tune it out. And I do that because I want to stay focused on what we're doing. So to have a, to have a, a, a country such as ours and to have people really understand the way things are supposed to operate, the way things were set up, aside from some of the deep issues you talk about, which are absolutely fascinating, I call it the fine-tuning for the brain. Uh, you, some of the you give some of the uh, some of the best talks I've ever heard. And by the way, I know you're a working guy, you're a working stiff, but I need to get you on my show here pretty soon before you go to this conference, Free Your Mind conference. By the way, folks, I freed my mind many years ago. Free your mind, and guess what else follows? Your keister. So <laughs> you're you're whole, and you're on down the road. Look, Mark, I, I appreciate you being on this network. I just love the simplicity and the love, even though that you're talking about firearms, which is to some people's way of thinking that's contradictory to uh, a loving envelope relationship with you know everything around you. Uh, most people don't get that, and I do. When I hear you talk, I, I just it just makes me smile. I find myself when I hear you talking, it just makes me smile. Not I appreciate things. that a lot, John. Well, not too many things in this life does that to me. Hey, look, I'm not going to chew up your show here, even though I just love being on air with you. Um, we are doing a pledge drive for the network. I talked to you a little bit before the show, yes. and uh, corporate America doesn't really want to let me go. Uh, I'm locked into uh, long-distance contracts. That's going to be ending this June, thank God. Uh, our cost just for long-distance calls, people calling into the network, Mark, is about $1,800 a month, uh, better than 25,000 minutes a month, people calling into the network to talk to the host, talk to the guest, you know, that live interaction. Uh, that is, to me, that is where it's at. And to get out of this contract, I told you that, uh, yeah, they said they'd let me out. I asked 
last June, they said, yeah, we'll let you out of the contract for $2,000 a month, which was $200 more than the actual service that I was, re- I was receiving. So they were no help. I'll be out of that contract this June, and our bill will go from $1,800 a month down to about 300 we have been cutting cost all over the place. We've gotten rid of half of our office space. I, I could no more go on air and ask for donations from the listenership if I wasn't doing my part to make sure we were as skinny and as fine-tuned and honed as we could possibly be. Right. And that's coming from the standpoint of operating cost. So having said all of that, I've got to clean up back bills with this, uh, with this phone company. I've got to I've got to pay another month's full rent because I was a bad guy and I turned the electricity off in the recently vacated half of the building. So they're going to make me pay a, a full month's boat on this. Absolutely crazy. People are doing weird stuff, Mark, and they're gripping. The harder they try to grip the, that dollar that's slipping out of their hands, the more frustrated they're getting. Yes. And we, under, we understand how tight things are. When we started this network back in 04 of uh, yeah, 2004, uh, June of 2004. Um, our operating costs were about $31,000. We kept trimming. We got down, reduced it by ten grand. got down to 21000 And then 08 hit. The banking collapse. That hit. We have been trimming and trimming and trimming. We're now at an operating cost of about $13,000 a month. And with these savings that I'm going to do, uh, we're going to be able to shave another 2000 maybe 2500 off of that. My goal is to run this entire network with actual live board ops that are up there at least 16, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. We need to do a little pledge drive here, ask for a little bit of support from our listeners out there. And, and I know a lot of people aren't flush with cash right now, but don't worry about it. That will run out fast enough. <laughs> if you've prepared yourself, you've got your, your beans and your bullets and all the essentials, that's on the ready and that's to go. What we do in the meantime is most important, and this is what people miss, Mark, that they are part of the solution themselves. With the knowledge that they absorb, they're able to talk to other people, get them interested in, in being a common-sense American again, thinking correctly. You know, what is this about? What's going on? Well, that's why we're here. There are going to be many more people, and many people have come through our doors. Many, Mark, many, many people. I still get this to, uh, to this day. I still get it. My God, John, uh, you, you switched my life around. I used to listen to you. I listened to you 20 years ago when you were on the air, and you changed my life. Knowledge has a way of doing that. We... Mark, I'll tell you what, it it grieves me and I weep for all the chaos and the death and the absolute crap, corruption and everything else I see around me. It almost wants to make you just give up the business of life. But we were a strong country once and we can be again. I look at this as kind of being a restoration process. So how do we do this? You bring people into the tent. You talk with them. You you get them to talk to other people. That will lessen the damage when the time comes, when we hit the reset button in this country. And folks, uh, 
revolution sounds like a good tough word i personally mark i like the idea of a restoration like you would restore an old model t it was what it was in its prime many 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 years ago and it gets a little tattered a little worn out a little threadbare but you can bring that back to life and that's the same way i look at this country it's it's not that we were wannabes it's not that we're has-beens we can be again and the only way that that's going to take place is by continuing to do programming to send out that beacon of truth out there to the people in this country i love this country it's my government i fear and and i'll tell you what we need to continue this so i'm going to ask people to consider donating to this network and and i i could throw a dollar amount out to you there have been people mark that have donated thousands of dollars at a clip one donation boom i've got a guy god bless him man he uh he sends $1500 to the network every single month That's and he awesome. is not a rich man he's been doing it for 2 years so i i'm i'm not suggesting that folks do that but what i am saying is it will not hurt you're making an investment in something that we're trying to help other people and we are trying to preserve what we know to be good So if you would consider it with your heart open up your wallets open up your purses your checkbooks whatever there's guys sitting up the network right now that will take donations on the phone at 800-724-2719 or if you'd like to go to the website republicbroadcasting.org hit the donate button it's that blue strip right underneath the header because you can handle the truth hit the donate button go up there and PayPal make a donation or if you would like to continually to support programs like Mark Passios or other programs on this network please do or you can send us a check money order frns wrapped in foil we don't care you can send that to rbn 2251 double creek two words double creek drive Number three zero two, Round Rock, Texas, seven eight six six four, and Mark, um, I'll get out of your uh, I'll get out of your hair here, and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to listen to your program and I'm going to continue to smile. I thank you so much for what you've done. I thank you for who you are, and I and I and I especially like your involvement in going out there and moving among people and getting them involved. That's what this is all about. Absolutely. And John, thanks so much uh for coming on and uh informing people about what's going on with the network and this really important fundraiser drive that's going on. Thanks so much for uh for coming on and telling people about that, John. And uh Thank folks, you, yeah, absolutely. Folks, um this is really important, you know. Uh people don't understand what's involved in running a network like this. It takes an enormous amount of dedication and it takes an enormous amount of money. and uh if you are in a position where you can help out um you know um please do so like john said you can call uh the 800 number and uh pledge to make a donation on the air uh i mean uh, uh to to a producer that's 800-724-2719 or click the donation tab on republicbroadcasting.org there's a paypal link right there that you can make a paypal donation and the mailing address address is right there on that page Everyone please get involved if you can help out that's what it's all about we all come together and we make things happen stay with us everyone we'll be right back
Is this my glide? Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Just to reiterate for a moment, folks, uh, RBN could really use your donations. John was on in the past segment. Uh, just want to give the uh, toll-free number to make a donation to a producer. You could pledge a donation at 800-724-2719. You can go to republicbroadcasting.org and click the Donations tab on the right-hand side of the page. And... Um, uh, you can get the mailing address if you want to mail in a personal check or money order right there. And also there is a PayPal link uh, at that location as well if you'd prefer to donate uh, via PayPal. So uh, please be generous if you can and uh, help the network out. It needs your help right now. With that being said, um, I'm going to go back to uh, the Second Amendment presentation. I was talking about where I had originally given it at Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks. It's a great group of activists. If you want to check out them and their work, you can visit uh, philadelphia.libertyontherocks.org. And there's also a link there to their meetup group. Uh, They have um, chapters all over the place, but um, uh, that page in particular uh, is the Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks group. You could learn more about Liberty on the Rocks in general there. So um, slide one is the title card. And of course, the background that I used for this presentation was the coiled rattlesnake from the Gadsden flag. Uh, The Gadsden flag, of course, was a militia flag uh, during the American Revolution uh, created by uh, the militiaman uh, Christopher Gadsden of Georgia. And uh, it represented the concept that the uh, people wanted to be left alone, but they were dangerous if you refused to leave them alone. And that's all this comes down to. It comes down to the one overarching natural law right, what I would consider the first and foremost right of every human being, of every, being, of every sentient being, period, the right to be left alone, not to be accosted by others. That's the number one right. As the old saying goes, folks, there's only two kinds of people, those who want to be left alone and those who refuse to leave them alone. You know? And then there's those who advocate that other people shouldn't be allowed to be left alone and that other people should not leave them alone. You know, they're called statists. But uh, Gadsden designed the Gadsden flag to represent the concept of, you know, the rattlesnake is just existing, living in nature, living his life. You know, it doesn't want to be bothered by human beings. It's content to leave other human beings alone. But if you encroach upon its territory, its rights, etc., it's going to strike. It's not harmless. It's fanged. It's venomized. And it will give you a warning as well. It will warn you that it's ready to strike. So that's why I chose that as the background of this entitled uh, of this entire presentation. You know, it's very appropriate because this is about both the non-aggression principle and the self-defense principle, as all true enlightenment is about. Now, it's about understanding that we have no right to encroach upon others' rights, but when others encroach upon ours with violence, we maintain the inherent right 
to defend ourselves from an attack like that. Folks, we're coming up to the top of the hour. We'll be right back. I'll see you on the other side. Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom like the good book says. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Into the second hour of the broadcast tonight, I'm going to be giving the extended version of my Second Amendment presentation entitled The True Meaning and Purpose of the Second Amendment that I gave at Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks on February 10th. So I'm moving on to slide number two, which begins the presentation with 27 words worth fighting for. Of course, all of these images are available with the podcast. This is podcast 188, or you can get them if you're listening live right now at the uh, radio show page underneath the player for tonight's broadcast. So the 27 words that are worth fighting for, as they have been called, uh, that comprise the Second Amendment, I give in slide number three. Slide three shows the Second Amendment's wording, along with images of its two authors, George Mason and James Madison. The Second Amendment was ratified into the Bill of Rights with many, uh, with the other um, uh, nine um, amendments of the Bill of Rights on December 15th, 1791. And the Second Amendment states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's about as self-explanatory and as powerful and as simple and as unambiguous as it could possibly be written. Yet there are still complete idiots in this world who want to make all kinds of revisionist interpretations and say this is not a right, this is not about a right. They want to say that the militia is a body of government, that want to say that, you know, um, gun laws are just fine and are, you know, uh, not um, infringements upon the right of people to keep and bear arms. In short, what people want to do is change the definitions of words. That's what they want to do. They want to make up their own meanings for words. Forget conventionally agreed upon definitions. What do we need dictionaries for? We don't need anything like that. I can make up what words mean. You know, why not? I just say it means something and then it does. Right? That, that's, what, that's what people really want. Because they just think they're God. It's all this... Look, folks... That's all this all comes down to. People who say, I'm God, I'm going to determine what truth is. And then it'll be that way. 
Not for me to actually look into anything and try to understand what actually is present. No. I'll make it up as I go along. That's what government is. That's what the police are. That's what statists are. They're people who ultimately believe that authority is vested in man. And that means man is God. That's all. That's all this whole thing is about, folks. If you can't understand what this entire thing is about, earth is being turned into hell because people think they're God. That's it. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're not paying attention whatsoever. So, those are the 27 words, the simple 27 words that comprise Amendment 2 of the Bill of Rights to the Constitution of the United States. But what does it mean? I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but there's people who apparently need in-depth explanation of what this means. And it's mostly because they really don't understand the word militia, which is the heart and soul of the Second Amendment. The heart and soul of the Second Amendment is the term militia. If you don't understand the word militia, you don't understand the Second Amendment. And this is part of the problem, especially with the foreign people. Okay? The people who are not from the United States, who don't have this rich tradition. They unfortunately haven't inherited this rich tradition about gun rights, owner, gun ownership rights, which are, is a human right. See, it's like being born with no arms, <laughs> pun intended. It's like literally being born without physical arms. I'm not talking about firearms. I mean arms that end with your hand, okay? And, and somebody trying to explain to somebody how to manipulate an object with their fingers. And that person was born with no arms or hands. They're not going to even be able to comprehend or perceive at all. They're, they won't be able to conceive what you're talking about. Because they don't have the equipment. They don't actually have it present. It's not there. And this is what people born in other countries are, are like when it comes to gun rights ownership. Gun ownership rights, I'm sorry. It, 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 it's literally like they can't conceive of it because they were born in an amputated state. They were already disarmed, born into a nation that was disarmed, enslaved because it was disarmed. You know, and people could say, oh, Mark, you can't fault them because of that. It's all they've ever known. Sure I can. Sure I absolutely can fault them for that. Because it's called knowledge that's present and is actively being ignored. Sure I can fault people for that. They're not nescient people. What they are is they have their head up their rear end and they think they're so awake and so spiritual because their country doesn't have firearms. Oh, look at, look at these, look at these um, you know, barbarians over here. Oh, they have gun deaths. Yeah, you have more violent crime in your countries, people. From England and Australia, you have more violent crime overall. Just because there's more gun violence in the United States doesn't mean there's more overall violent crime. Maybe if you count in all the crime being conducted by the police, yeah, I'll bet you we have more violent crime than the whole rest of the world put together. You know? Look at how much assault, robbery, knife violence, violence with blunt objects goes on in England. Your people are just as violent as anybody at any 
elsewhere around the world. Get over yourselves. Okay? The thing is, you're more enslaved because you don't have the ability to resist your government. So when they come with guns, you know what you're going to do? You're going to crap your pants like little boys. That's what you're going to do. Because you, you let yourself be disarmed. Your forefathers let yourselves be disarmed. Like the clowns that they were. And sorry to say it that way, just that harshly. But you know what? It's their fault, and now the sins of the fathers are visited on the sons. And it's your fault that it continues. It's your fault that it continues, boys. So we got to say it that harm and if, harsh, and if feelings get hurt, they get hurt. I ain't here to be your friend. I'm not your friend. Get that through your head. I'm not your friend. I'm a teacher of truth. Not interested in your friendship. I'm interested in freedom. I don't I don't care if you like me. Hate me all you want. I'm going to speak the truth. That's what I'm charged to do spiritually in this world and that's what I'm going to do. So what I intend to do in this presentation, ladies and gentlemen, is to completely break down every word and every phrase in the Second Amendment so it could be very readily understood by people who are still a little slow on the uptake. If you, know, if you take my meaning. You know, they're a little bit slowed down. So we have to explain what every phrase means. And to do that, we're going to be doing something that they call in gun parlance, field stripping. Field stripping means you're breaking down the firearm essentially to its constituent components that are required for its continued proper operation. And more likely than not, you're doing this to clean it, to check it, to make sure it's, to ensure its proper function. This is known as field stripping. So this is slide number four. Field stripping or breaking it all down. That's what we're going to be doing with the 27 words of the Second Amendment. So let's begin with the first phrase of those 27 words in slide number five I'm moving on to now a well-regulated militia. So now we have to define every part of this. Okay, now, of course, articles, I think we know, you know, uh is an article. Okay, the, we won't be doing that. Okay, if you don't know what articles are in uh, language, you know, you have more mental problems than we can get into. But <laughs> um, let's start with the phrase well-regulated. Okay, and then we'll get to the all-important word, militia, which I said is the heart and soul of Amendment 2. But what did the founders mean? What did the authors of the Second Amendment, George Mason and James Madison, along with other founding fathers, mean by the term well-regulated when it was applied to the word militia? Well, many revisionists, since this, this means, oh, this meant government regulation. It meant, right, it had to be overseen by government. When we say, oh, this this um, 
part of the the economy or this part of the world or this part of society is regulated now in in 2015 oh we're referring to government regulation the government's involved in that it has its hand in it it's checking to see oh this has to be done the way we say and this has to be done the way we say that's what government regulation and oversight is right so that must have been what the founders meant by well regulated when they wrote that into the bill of rights in sec in the second amendment right wrong wrong absolutely incorrect see this is where these revisionist interpretations come in and people want to confuse modern parlance with the parlance of the founding fathers and they're not the same at all the founders had abs- were absolutely not referring to government in any respect when they used the phrase a well regulated militia so to under so th- this slide is the title of this slide in slide number 6 is what does quote well regulated really mean as it is spoken as it is written in the second amendment so let's look at the word regulate the word regulate the dictionary definition of the word regulate is to maintain according to a set of standards so that something operates or functions properly such as with a machine or a process or mechanical process so let, let's read this again slowly and and take it apart okay to maintain according to a set of standards now just what we were talking about before taking apart a firearm to ensure its proper operation all the components are in good shape they're not worn down they're working correctly they're oiled properly so that they're sliding correctly if they need to be up against each other and sliding they're clean there's not grime and grit and therefore you're going to ensure that that firearm is working properly and safely for the operator and those that he does not wish to hit with any discharge from that firearm maintain according to a set of standards so that something operates or functions properly such as with a machine like a firearm or a mechanical process the process of loading the firearm discharging the firearm properly that is what regulated referred to in the second amendment the term quote well regulated unquote in the second amendment had nothing to do with government regulation it literally referred to the regularization and maintenance of equipment being used and the and proper training for tactics being employed so i'll explain this okay we already explained well regulated to maintain according to a set of standards so that something operates properly this is what it meant when it came to regular regularization and maintenance of equipment of the firearm itself so as i put in this slide you see a rack of shotguns perhaps 12 gauge shotguns okay pump action they are there and they are well regulated they are all in the same condition you have the same basic firearm if you wanted to train a tactical squad on the a 12 gauge pump action shotgun this would be a well regulated condition you're keeping them together they're all cleaned they're all work functioning properly and then you're going to train tactics on them okay that was the other part of well regulated the first part was the physical machinery is operating and functioning properly 
The second part of well-regulated meant that the team that, that is going to be using that equipment understands the operation of this equipment, knows how to use it, and knows tactics with it. They know tactical operations with that piece of equipment. And that is simply what well-regulated meant in the Second Amendment. You used similar equipment. And back then it was muskets with um, ball shot ammunition and black powder. They had to understand. Well, the, the, the ammunition had to be regulated to the size of the musket barrel. The powder had to be made properly. You had to then understand how to use that powder so that you didn't blow yourself up or blow the firearm up. People had to be trained on the operation of those muskets. That was part of well-regulated, part of a, a, a militia that was well-regulated. They all knew how the equipment functioned and they knew how to use it. They knew how to clean it. They understood battle tactics with it. Very simple concept, except for the statist, the brainwashed statists out there who insist that the word regulated comes from government. It's ordained by our God and master government. Had nothing to do with it whatsoever. So now that that's out of the question, uh, that, that question of what well-regulated in the Second Amendment meant let, is laid to rest. Let's move to slide number seven and get to the very heart and soul of the Second Amendment right off the bat. And that is, what is the militia? So a well-regulated militia being necess necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What did the founders mean by the militia, capital M. The English word militia is derived from the Latin term militium vulgarum. Militium means of or like the military, similar to the military. And the, term, the word vulgarum means present everywhere, like vulgar Latin, the cut kind of language that was common to the people of Rome, of the Roman Empire. Vulgar Latin spoken everywhere. Everybody knows it. This is why the word vulgar became a term that meant, oh, it's, it's kind of base because it's all about the commoners, the common folk. So if it's popular among them, it's, it was vulgar to the aristocracy. It's where the word vulgar came from. So the, ter the term that militia comes from, that it is a truncated English form of militium vulgarum, which literally means like the military, everywhere present. We'll pick up that very important concept on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. Stay with us. No education 
listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, we were defining the militia. From the term militium vulgarum, which literally means like the military present everywhere. Or in other words, capability that is commensurate to a military which is present everywhere or distributed throughout a population. The militia is distributed capability of force. The distributed capability of the usage of force. That is what the militia is in a nutshell. And the word distributed is very important. Distributed throughout, meaning it's not concentrated in one location, which could easily be destroyed or you could you know, do something to remove that from that one location. It's everywhere. It's omnipresent. It's a swarm. Okay? This is a term I didn't really use in the presentation when I first gave it, but you're going to hear me use it a lot. It's like a swarm of bees is what the militia is. That it wouldn't make a difference if you took one bee out. There's still a swarm of thousands. And good luck. What, what, what's one super strong, even a giant being, going to do against thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of bee stings? You know what you're going to do? You're going to drop to the ground. You're not going to do much against that. That's why they fear the militia. They fear the proper understanding of militia. They don't even want you to understand properly what a militia is, how it is constituted, how it forms, how it works. They don't want any understanding of that. And you know when they don't want you to understand something, they fear it. The powers that should not be fear the militia. People say, oh, what, what are all small arms going to do against governments with nuclear weapons and tanks and uh, you know bombers? A whole lot is the answer. And you know what? They know it. They know it because they know the power that's inherent in the militia. And they fear it. And they don't want anybody else to understand the power of the militia. That's why they have to demonize it. That's why they have to tell people, oh, it's ineffectual or it's something that's outdated. It doesn't apply to, to, to today. Or they have to demonize it and say, oh, those are all bad people somehow. Get people to believe that through repetition, through propaganda. On the, on the nightly brainwashing media. 
A militia is a decentralized, meaning it is not controlled from a centralized location. No one can just say, oh, you're going to, all of you are going to follow this one dictator order. It's not hierarchically organized. It is a decentralized, distributed force of armed individuals who maintain weapons and tactics similar to a military force. But unlike a standing army or a standing military, a traditional military force, a militia is not centrally controlled or directed by a government. If the members of the militia so agree, they could be directed by a government in the event that the government needed to repel an insurrection or to fight a foreign invasion. And then a militia members could in their own conscience decide whether they were going to fight according to that cause. The militia is not the military. People who equivalent these things, who try to say that they're the same thing, are either wrong or lying to you deliberately to try to obfuscate what the militia is. The militia is not the military of the United States. It is not any branch of the military. It is not the National Guard. The militia is not a standing army. It is a distributed fighting force that is present everywhere throughout the country. And as John said when he came on the show earlier, the militia is still very much present and active. Make no mistake about it. When you understand exactly who the militia is, you'll understand why that statement is very true. And we'll pick that point up on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening? The true meaning and purpose of the Second Amendment being presented here tonight. We'll be right back. Destroys a night, night divides a day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm giving an extended version of my presentation called The True Meaning and Purpose of the Second Amendment. And I'm going to move on to slide number eight. In slide seven, we were explaining what the militia actually is and that the militia is not the military and it is not a standing army. It is, in fact, a decentralized, distributed fighting force of individuals who are armed and maintain weapons and tactics similar to a military force. But unlike a standing army, they are not centrally controlled or directed by a government. So... Who constitutes the militia? Who is the militia? Is the question posed on slide number eight. When they were asked the question, who constitutes the militia? What do you mean by the militia? The authors of the Second Amendment and other American founders and patriots were consistently clear and unambiguous in their explanation of who the militia is. The militia spoken of in the Second Amendment is comprised 
of the entire body of the people who are capable of employing arms for the purpose of repelling an organized foreign or domestic threat to their lives or freedom. The entire body of people capable of using arms for the purpose of repelling a foreign threat to their lives, a foreign threat to their freedom, or a domestic threat to their lives, or a domestic threat to their freedom. That is who constitutes the militia, which means the militia and the people are one and the same. It is the body of people who are capable of using any form of arms in the service of self-defense, the defense of their lives, their freedom, and their property. So the answer to the question, who is the militia, posed on slide number eight, is answered on slide number nine. You are the militia. Surprise! Now, you know, I, I hope most people, at least, look, I hope that at least the American men and women who are listening to the broadcast tonight already knew this. But I'd be, you know... Maybe I give people too much credit and maybe most of them don't, don't even know that they are militia members already. Now, I've known that I've been a member of the militia since the first time I even tried to understand what the Second Amendment was. And I did a little bit of research and understood, wow, the militia is the people, it's everyone that is capable of defending their life and freedom with, with any arms. But you got so many idiots out there that still don't understand that that's who is the militia. They don't understand this concept of a militia. They they hear the word militia and they think, oh, bad people, evil people trying to take over, do you know, impose their will. A militia is a defensive orga- organization of people. That's it. It remains actually in an unorganized state until it is required to use it. Because it is almost always used as a last resort. We want to use our reason and our intellect and our intelligence and our nurturing and our creativity and our wisdom first. But when people reject all of that and there is no recourse, self-defense is required. You're not just going to sit there and allow your rights to be taken or your lives to be taken. I mean, folks, this is what happened to the Jews in Nazi Germany. You know, they didn't offer resistance. There was only a few pockets of resistance, namely in some of the worst places like the Warsaw ghettos. There was some resistance there. And you know what? Statistically, they survived more than all the rest of the Jews who were exterminated. Because they resisted physically. Now, another thing, look, whenever I make, I'm going to make references to Nazis all I like, okay? Because if I'm going to bring up something that historically took place and I want to use it as an example, that's my right to do so. So I'm tired of people writing me and saying, don't talk about the Nazis or the, the, you know, German Workers' Party. And uh, the German people, how they let all this evil happen. Why? Because it's true? You're the one who's going to revise history and say, oh, it didn't happen like this? 
because oh, you don't agree with numbers or because you have German ancestry and, and, and you want your, your ancestors to look better than they were? When the people living in Germany during World War II were totally immoral trash to let what happened happen in that country. And I'll say it right to somebody's face. Just like the American people, the vast majority of them are totally immoral trash to allow what's happening in this country right now. And I'll say it right to these people's face out on the street. All this garbage revisionism about Hitler being some kind of a saint or something going around. I mean, please. Please. One more person sends me this junk on my Facebook or my email. I mean, you people belong in mental institutions. And you want to say, I don't have it right. I don't know what happened. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the evidence that it, that it happened and is still happening is all around us. The Nazis never lost. They went underground. They took this country from the inside. And the clowns living here still don't understand what happened. People don't want to acknowledge this. They don't want to acknowledge the evil that was done by the Nazis because well because you don't agree with the numbers uh, and you're you're so anti-Semitic you have to make up stuff about how the numbers are all inflated. I don't care if it was five people, okay? How about how about the Holocaust that's happening in the United States called the police murdering citizenry? How about that Holocaust that's happening at a rate of over a thousand people a year? You know? We got we got a little mini Holocaust going on right here in the United States right now, folks. So you know what? All the trash out there that thinks the, the Nazis were so wonderful and Hitler was so wonderful. Just forget my email even exists. I don't want to hear from you. When I get any garbage like that, your name goes in a block list. And, you know, you could try to write to me from another email address, but that's going to go in the block list. And it take, I have a script. I hit a button and it does it. It's like no sweat off my brow, folks. You, you're never even going to know that your email is never getting to me. I'm never looking at it. I'm never reading it. You're wasting your time. I'm not interested in your garbage revisionism of human history. I get the whole Second World War was fomented by international bankers. It's always done like that. Wars are always manipulated like that by the super rich elitists who want to profit from all the weapons. I get it. That doesn't take away from Nazism being an occult religion that almost took over the whole world. And that, by the way, that's why the next topic of, uh, the the next series I'm going to do is going to be the occult roots of Nazism on this show. Because too many people don't understand the dark occult roots of Nazism. They don't understand how entrenched that religion still is in the United States today. And throughout the world, for that matter. Going back to the presentation, slide number nine. You are the militia. From the mouth of George Mason, 
the actual co-author, along with James Madison, of the Second Amendment. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. Go back to the original source and source material. George Mason, who wrote the Second Amendment, said, what is the militia? It is the whole people. That's it. Right from his mouth. It is the people. The people and the militia are one and the same. The people become the militia when they have to deal with a threat to their lives, freedom, and property, and therefore they have to organize with arms. You are the militia. Like it or not, doesn't make a difference whether you agree with it or not, it's the case. Not because he said it either. It's a conceptual idea that in nature, when a threat comes that is too big for single parties or just small groups of people to handle, people have to come together and organize against that threat with arms. It is something that actually exists in nature, a distributed fighting force that is capable of repelling a foreign or domestic attack against its life or freedom, against the people's lives and freedom. That is what a militia is. And militias should exist everywhere on the surface of the earth. Everywhere. Unfortunately, we've let that right slack because of brainwashing and propaganda. Slide number 10. James Madison, the other author of the Second Amendment, along with George Mason, said, quote, a well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people trained to arms is the best and most natural defense of a free country. I mean, all the people who are against guns, all the people who are against firearms, all the anti-gunners, the anti-gun lobby, all the bleeding heart liberals out there, the leftists, the Marxists, oh, we want guns only in the hands of the state. Oh, you're so, you're so much wiser than the founders of this country, aren't you? Oh, they were just rich white men who had slaves. All this, all this neo-Marxist, you know, garbage socialism propaganda. Yeah, you know so much better than the founders. You're so much more well-educated. You have such a better mind than they did, don't you? These pieces of trash today. Putting down, putting down the greatest men who ever walked in this land. You, could, you couldn't carry their coattails for them. And let me tell you something. If these men came back today, they'd crap on this country. For what it, we've allowed it to become. And rightfully so. Slide number 11. Richard Henry Lee. The con uh, second Continental Go Congress delegate from Virginia. Who actually tabled the motion for American independence. He was actually asked to table it because... Those from Massachusetts who wished to table it, like Samuel Adams and John Adams, etc., and who had some support, uh, they, they needed support to show that at least another state was interested in American independence from the crown. 
And so Richard Henry Lee was actually asked, I believe it was by John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, to table the motion. And he did. I mean, you know, this man's name is practically unknown even in American history, and yet he put the Declaration of Independence forward. You know, he put the motion for American independence forward. And he stated, quote, a militia, when properly formed, are in fact the people themselves and include all men capable of bearing arms. I mean, there it is right there, folks. I mean, how many more examples do people need? The militia is the people. The people themselves, in, including all men capable of bearing arms, and I would go so farther, again, in, in his day, women would not have been included in the militia because it would been, have been unheard of for them to actually fight. Women are part of the militia as well. They bear the responsibility for self-defense as much as men do. You want equal rights? You want to be treated with equality under natural law? Well, then you need to understand the same conceptual ideas regarding freedom and regarding self-defense, and you need to actually employ them. And you know what? With firearms, there's no reason a woman should not be properly trained and should not be in that mental attitude. Without any doubt. You know, and, and a gun in the hands of a woman is the, the great equalizer. And more importantly, it is the power to say no with teeth when you're being accosted by someone who is physically more domineering and powerful than you. Which is why I have no idea why women would not be 100% pro-gun. It's all brainwashing that they listen to in the media. They're sitting there watching that television too damn much. And therefore, they're getting all of this propaganda seeping into the mind and they're taking on the same opinions and they think they're thinking their own thoughts. Shut the television off. And open a book. Slide number 12. Here's another quote about the people being the militia. Tench Cox, Pennsylvania delegate to the First Continental Congress. Who are the militia? Are they not ourselves? Congress shall have no power to disarm the militia. Their swords and every other terrible implement of the soldier are the birthright of an American. The unlimited power of the sword is not in the hands of either the federal or state governments, but where I trust in God, it will ever remain in the hands of the people. Oh no, th these weren't great men. These weren't men of extraordinary minds. No, no. We got to reduce them to just rich, uncaring white landowners who had slaves. I mean, please with this absolute garbage social Marxism, cultural Marxism. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's just running like a viral disease through this country, cultural Marxism. Trying to discredit the, the, the great men who put their lives on the line against the greatest military power in the history of the world at, at that time. Britain, under the control of some sick, psychopathic, inbred boy king who thinks he was God. 
and fought and died and gave their blood to secure the small modicum of freedom that Americans secured for themselves. But no, all the cultural Marxists out there, they know better than the founders of this country. These Marxist, social Marxist idiots are pure trash and they're destroying this country. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm giving my Second Amendment presentation live on the air tonight, and we've been breaking down the concept of the well-regulated militia in part one. Let's move on to the next section. The next words in the Second Amendment are being necessary to the security of a free state. I'm moving on to slide number 13 now. And this follows a well-regulated militia. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. So let's break down all of the phrases in here. Well, we know what the word being means. It's in existence. It's, it's, you know, when, when they're saying being necessary, it means it is required, Okay, we'll we'll talk about the meaning of the word necessary, but we're going to have to break down the word necessary. We're going to have to break down the word security, and they're going to we're going to have to break down the word the uh, phrase, the term free state, in this section. So let's look at the word necessary in slide number fourteen, so we can understand what it means, what being necessary to the security of a free state means. Slide fourteen, I call this slide necessarily strong language. The founders were very specific about the language that they chose in the documents that they put forward for posterity. The word necessary, the dictionary definition of the word necessary is required to be done, achieved, or present. Needed, essential, something that you cannot do without, that must be there. That if you take it away, what you're trying to do cannot be done. So, if a well-regulated militia is necessary, what is it necessary for? We're going to find that out. The word necessary actually appears in the whole Constitution of the United States only six times. And it appears in the Bill of Rights only one time in the Second Amendment. The only place the word necessary was used by the founders in the, in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to refer to a thing, group, or entity is in the Second Amendment, where, where it refers to a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The only thing which the authors of the Constitution and Bill of Rights enshrined as necessary was the militia of the people. Not even the three branches of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, or in other words, the president, the executive branch, the Congress formed of the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate, and uh, being the legislative branch, and the Supreme Court being the 
judiciary branch, the judicial branch of the government, were referred to using the word necessary in the Constitution. Not even the three branches of government had the term necessary tacked onto them to emphasize their absolute importance and that you could not do without them. The question then necessarily, pun intended, becomes to what ultimate purpose did the founders understand that the militia comprised of the people was in fact necessary, required, essential to the security of a free state, which we're going to explain on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm giving my Second Amendment presentation, the true meaning and purpose of the Second Amendment, live on the air this evening. Continuing with it, we were talking about the word necessary and how it was only ever applied to the militia in the Second Amendment. The founders, in writing the foundational documents for America, absolutely thought that the militia was the one entity that could not be done without. If a free existence was going to be maintained, as we will see. Moving on to slide number 15, this is called a means for security. The dictionary definition of the word security is the state of being free from danger or threat. And to secure something is to protect it against threats to its physical well-being, or to it from being stolen or taken away. If freedom is a birthright and we want to protect it from threats, we want to protect it from being taken away from us and tyranny being put in its place. Founding father Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of Independence and the third president of the United States, said, quote, For a people who are free and who mean to remain so, a well-organized and armed militia is their best security. Just think about this for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. This is a quote from the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence. For a people who are free and who mean to remain so, a well-organized and armed militia is their best security. 
Now, I would say an understanding of natural law principles is the very first and best means of security, but I'd put a well-organized militia right up there along with that. I would probably make it the very second thing, the second best. I would say a deep understanding of natural law principles and the law of freedom, that as morality increases, freedom increases, and as morality in the aggregate declines, then freedom in the aggregate declines. I really should tack on in the aggregate to that because people think that if that people think that applies to an individual they're missing it they're they're not getting the, the point in the aggregate sense in a population as the aggregate morality increases the aggregate freedom of that population increases meaning in the totality as the aggregate morality of a population declines then the aggregate freedom of that population declines and they go into tyranny and bondage. Which is all the more reason why gun ownership is of paramount importance to the moral people. Because if you know that the society is degrading into moral relativism and moral decay, and there's, there is no rule of law, there is no natural law being accepted and acknowledged and lived by and therefore people don't care about what they're doing to other people they're not enlightened they're violent people and they don't care it's all the more reason that if you're a moral person you need to arm yourself and be ready to defend yourself because you are going to want to stay alive to teach moral principles down to the next generation I intend to survive this ordeal you know, I had a, a, a opposite attitude to this in the past. Oh, if things get so bad, I just go down with the ship and out. No, I, I've totally revised that attitude in the last maybe six, seven, eight years of my life, really since I've been publicly speaking. I intend to survive this absolute hurricane of violence, ignorance, decay, whatever you want to call what's going on in this world, I don't intend for it to just take me and just go out quietly into the night. I intend to survive through to the other side of it if it will happen within my lifetime. If it will pass within my lifetime, who knows? Because I feel my information and message is too important. Therefore, survival is going to be a part of what I do in my daily life. It's not going to be all the eggs in the basket, but there will be some of them. The first thing I'm going to put my energy to is helping people to understand natural law, to understand the laws of morality, to understand the difference between right and wrong behavior. Without that, there's no foundation for, for any understanding you need that first. But let me tell you something, folks, not everybody is on the same page when it comes to that. This is the problem that the New Agers fall into. Oh, we want to be enlightened and we, we don't want to have any, uh, you know, aggression. Well, you think everybody's on that page with you? Surprise, naive boy and, or girl. Not everybody's on that page. And there's violent animals out there.
and you better come back down from whatever cosmic you know, cloud you're floating on and come back down to earth and realize you are in the physical world with the rest of us. And what happens here does matter. Now, maybe I should give my streetwise spirituality seminar on air one day or over a period of weeks, which is probably how long it would take. You know, because people really need to understand that material. If you haven't watched that, go back. That's, I think, one of my best seminars that I've ever given. Streetwise Spirituality from St. Louis, Missouri. I mean, you know, that is about feet on the ground spirituality. You could have your head up in the cosmos, but keep your feet on the earth. Spirit in the flesh. Work to be done here on earth. Go into all the shamanic realms you want. Bring that cosmic information back to where it's needed to be employed right here in this world, now. And then be here now and do that work by spreading that information. Then maybe we can put people on that, all on that same page. And it won't have to come to a horrific outcome. Which is where it's rapidly headed, folks. I'm telling you that right now. People, you're going to see civil war and bloodshed like you've never seen in this country. And everybody knows America is a powder keg. Everybody knows it. I'm telling you, common everyday people on the street know it's coming. They don't think they can do anything about it because they're still ignorant. They still don't know the causal factors of the problems we face. They need to start going back and listen to this podcast from square one, from show number one. You start to get the big picture, the tapestry. But what Jefferson's saying here is profound. If you think that you're free and you want to remain that way, well then, you have to be armed. Armed people are free. Disarmed people are slaves. The end. It's all it comes down to, folks. You haven't gotten that? You are not awake. You are asleep, an asleep being. You are still in the matrix. You are still in the prison. You are, your mind is still owned by someone else. There is a truth regarding this that is not no shades of gray. It is 100% black and white. Armed people are free. Disarmed people are slaves. It is will be like that. It has been like that forever for all eternity and it will be like that for all eternity. That is an eternal truth. Get over yourself if you think that's a false statement. You're never going to make it untrue. Doesn't matter how much you firmly wish to believe it or otherwise, it will never be. Slide number 16. What was meant by the phrase a free state? Very, very important. Because it doesn't mean Maryland, Virginia, Georgia, or New Hampshire. Okay? People think the word state in the Second Amendment refers to the geographic region, you know, that was supposed to be a nation state that were the original colonies. So let's look at a dictionary definition of the words first. Free. The word free means not under the control or domination of another, which is what it's all about, folks. It's supposed to all be about freedom. No one ruling over anybody else. Not under the control, domination, or rulership of another. Sovereignty. 
meaning not a slave. The dictionary definition of the word state is the particular condition that someone or something is in at a specific time. The state of something. So the phrase, a free state, when we put these together, okay, a state, the particular condition that someone or something is in at a specific time, being not under the control or domination of another. Free state. Your condition is not under control or domination of another. Meaning you are free. It did not refer to a geographic region such as Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Delaware, etc. It referred to a free condition of existence. In other words, a free way of life. So now the Second Amendment should start the first part, which is always ignored, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, should start to make a lot more sense to people now if they've been listening and really hearing what's being said in this presentation. This is why that gets lopped off whenever revisionists are talking about it. They want to go right to the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They don't want to tackle the first part of the Second Amendment because the heart of the Second Amendment is in the first part of it, the first half. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. That's where the heart of the entire meaning of the Second Amendment lies, which is why it always gets lopped off by revisionists. A well-regulated militia, a distributed, decentralized fighting force of people with arms to repel attacks against their freedom or lives is required, must be in place, It is essential and cannot be done without if we are to maintain the condition of not being ruled or dominated. In other words, remaining free and not being enslaved. But no, they, they don't want people to understand that. They want that part left out. Moving on to slide number 17. Once again, George Mason, right from the horse's mouth, as the saying goes, right from the author, the co-author of the Second Amendment himself, George Mason This slide is about what was the threat, right? If, if security means to be free from a threat, to make sure that something is not under a threat, well, what was the threat to that security, to, this, to securing freedom? The threat that they were talking about, what was it? What threatens the security of a free state? If the militia is the answer to secure the free state of existence, what was the threat to the free existence? And the founders were, again, unanimously, unambiguously clear about what the threat to the security of a free state of existence was. And it was standing armies. It was agents of the state organized with weapons. Let me very clearly say that again. The founders were unanimously unambiguous about what they considered the threat to the security of a free way of life. It was agents of the state that were organized with arms. Standing military, standing police forces. The founders would have been abhorred and enraged 
And let me tell you something. I shouldn't say they would have been. I should use the phrase, they are abhorred and enraged. Because folks, let me tell you something. Their spirit is here. I'm going to say that as a factual statement, not as a belief, but as a factual statement. I'm claiming that I know this, and I don't care who thinks that's bizarre or weird. My experiences thus far have proven to me the spirits of these beings are still among us. And I'm telling you, they're enraged. Let let me just leave it at that. Instead of going into any more personal experiences, I'm just going to say, as a fact, the the spirit of the founders are with us and they're not happy at all. They are disturbed. They're not at rest. They feel that what they have done and the sacrifices that that they made were done in vain for what... Those who came after them allowed. And I'm telling you, I've just absolutely wept and shed tears over it. And it's not a trivial matter and it's nothing to take lightly or scoff at. Because these people gave everything, their lives, in, in many, many, many cases... The revolutionaries, the people who actually fought the battles. Like I said, folks, the last time I passed through Valley Forge, the energy was so heavy, I had to pull, practically felt like I had to pull my car over to the side of the road. I was almost sick. I don't even want to go into that area anymore. They were very clear about what they considered the threat to freedom. If they would see the types of standing armies that exist now, with all the branches of the military, the National Guard, all the police forces, constituting small standing armies in major metropolitan centers of the United States, the founders, would ju- they would just vomit on us. George Mason said, quote, Once a standing army is established in any country, the people lose their liberty. I mean, just, just read that first sentence. Once a standing army is established in any country, the people lose their liberty. Can it get any more clear and unambiguous than that? That's why in the Constitution, a standing army is only appropriated by funds for for a period of two years, after which it should be dissolved constitutionally, if there is a large enough threat that warrants the raising of a standing army. Continuing with Mason's quote, he says, Recollect the history of most nations of the world. What havoc, desolation, and destruction have been perpetuated, I'm sorry, perpetrated by standing armies. Very clearly talking about what they considered the threat 
to the security of a free state. Standing armies. We'll continue with that concept on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Giving my true meaning and purpose of the Second Amendment presentation live on the air tonight. We were on slide number 17, talking about how the founders saw standing armies as the main threat to the security of a free way of life. Let's move on to slide number 18. Here's another quote from uh, Elbridge Gary, the fifth vice president of the United States, uh, talking about the threats of standing armies. And Gary said, quote, what is the use of a militia? So what is a militia for? It is to prevent the establishment of a standing army, the bane of liberty, Whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia in order to raise an army upon their ruins. And this is exactly what has happened in the United States. Militias have been completely de-emphasized and they're not, people are not taught about the importance of them. And we have a completely out of control military force that is acting as the policemen of the world. They're an imperial force. Absolutely imperialistic. And they're made of a bunch of brainwashed little boys with abandonment issues. I don't care who is offended by that. I don't care who you are, how close to me you are, whether you're a relative, a friend, a friend of a friend. If you're in the military, you're a brainwashed little boy with abandonment issues. And then you need to get your head out from up your ass and start realizing you're not fighting for freedom. You're fighting for your imperialist overlords that don't give a damn about you, and who call you their dog. You're their pet, their animal. And that's really what you are. You are that. You are that. I totally agree with their assessment of you. How's that? You are that. You deserve to be treated like that for as long as you remain in your brainwashed, completely unconscious, dumb condition. Because you're dumb. You don't read. And half of them, half of these people, you think you're well-educated. You think you're educated. You think you're well-read because, oh, you're a military historian or I know a little bit about world history. You're a joke, boy. A joke. Main thing you don't get is what freedom really is. 
You're brainwashed by somebody who's telling you with their definition of what it is and then sending you to go kill people for it. You're a slave, punk. You're a slave, punk. And you're too stupid to understand it. You want to prove you're not a slave? Get out. Get out. Don't stay in to do anything. You think you're going to change things from inside. It's not how it works. You need to quit. You need to quit evil. That's the lesson of this world. Even isn't, evil isn't bargained with. It isn't negotiated with. You don't play games with it. you got to quit it. And that's what most people haven't figured out yet. Elbridge Gary telling people the militia, I, I'm sorry, the standing army is the bane of liberty. No, but, but again, we know better. Modern people know better. These are just all old, outdated men. Oh, they couldn't see into the future about how things were going to be. No, they didn't know anything. The total ass clowns who are out there who think that way are the people who don't know anything. These men were trying to tell us something vitally important about our freedom. And we didn't want to listen because we know so much better than them. In slides 19 and 20, which I'm going to move on to right now, I want to try to hammer home what a militia really is and how it protects against the threat against freedom, which is the standing army. Slide number 19 shows what, a, what three standing armies might look like. And again, we have many more standing armies in the United States. They're called the police forces. And they're also called the quartering of all the other troops and soldiers that are here and can actually be activated at any given time by the government, which is why the, the, the founders didn't want standing armies at all. And, and there's people out there that say, oh, so many of these people will refuse their orders when they're given them. Let me tell you something, folks. You're very naive if that's what you think. Very, very naive. You have no, no bearing on reality about how brainwashed these people really are. They're cult members. They are cult members who will follow the bidding of their masters unto their deaths. And that's what they're going to have. We'll pick this up on the other side. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Continuing with the Second Amendment presentation, slides number 19 and 20 explain the difference between standing armies and militias. In slide 19, you see what might 
what an invasion of the United States with three standing armies might look like. In slide number 20, you see what militias constituted from the body of the people trained to arms would look like geographically throughout the United States. Properly constituted militias, meaning the population owning and maintaining firearms and tactics, would be able to swarm any invasions by standing armies at a given notice. They would be much more mobile. The key is well-regulating them, meaning putting people on the same page when it comes to the use of those firearms, when it comes to the tactics, the tactical usage of them. This is where the organized militia comes in. When a militia has to be called up and disciplined or trained to arms as a whole group, as a unit, not as the unorganized militia. I consider myself a member of the unorganized militia. I maintain firearms. I know how to use them. I know some tactics with them. The thing is, when the time comes, the militia is going to have to be called up, called to arms, trained and disciplined. And if people don't think that that, that time is coming, I don't, I don't know where, what planet they live on. You know? Somebody's got to just start the discussion about that. Because what's going on in this country is completely and utterly unacceptable. And I don't see it getting done I don't see it getting reversed by talking about it, personally. I know there's a lot of other people who feel that way too. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking about morality and the difference between right and wrong and how, telling people there are actions that you should not be taking because they are wrong and they violate other people's rights. But at some point, should these people not wish to learn and continue to refuse to live according to natural law, they are going to have to be engaged at some point. I mean, you you have to look at reality the way it is, not as you want it to be. And people have to stop thinking of this as something that is completely unthinkable. You know, how many times throughout history has it already happened? There have been rebellions in, in just about every geographic region of the world. This would be no different. It's something that may be required if we're going to get to the next phase in human evolutionary progress because we've let this one stagnate so bad. And again, that's why it's called a revolution. You go around once again because you, you got to get the lesson. It's like being left back in class. You know, you're going to go back and do it again because you, you missed the learning process. And I'm telling you, I don't want it to come to that. But at the same time, if that's what it has to come to, that's what it has to come to. You can't shirk from that. I mean, what what do you think? The founders took it lightly? Going to war? Raising a continental army? They knew what they were up against. They knew they were up against the most well-trained fighting force in the history of the world at that time. And they did it anyway. Those people gave everything anyway because they were fighting for something that was bigger. 
And they knew they were on the side of right. They knew that they had morality. They had the moral high ground. And so do the people who understand real freedom today. Not the little punk boys, brainwashed little boys who, th who think they're out there fighting for freedom. You're a bunch of clowns and your owners call you their dogs. You know, get as mad about it as you want from hearing it from my mouth. They're the ones who are calling, it, calling you it. I just happen to agree with the assessment. Because a well-trained dog never bites the hand of his master. He attacks when he's asked to attack. He sits when he's asked to sit, you know. And he, he'll, he'll go and die when he's asked to die. All for just the whims of the master. And that's, that's what they are. That's what these people are. It's what the military and police of today are. They're not men. They're clowned out, brainwashed, little punk boys. And, you know, hardly anybody will say it like that. I don't know of anybody else that just comes right out and says it like that. I'll be the person to say it then. You need to grow up. You need to realize order following is not a virtue. You're a little boy who's looking for a surrogate parent because you're wrestling with abandonment issues. Period. That's what this is all about, folks. This whole thing is about bad parenting. The whole thing that's going on, folks, is about abandonment issues. This all ties in to everything else we've been talking about on this podcast. The, all of these people go into these institutions because they're all screwed up from their parents. And they're looking for an authority figure to teach them what's real and what's right and what's required. And Big Daddy's all too happy to step right in there and provide the role. Fulfill the role. And that's moving to slide 21, you see these people. Just look and look into their eyes and faces. I mean, if you can't if you are looking into the eyes of these people just in photographs, let alone in person. I mean, forget about it. They're destroyed. These are destroyed minds, destroyed people, destroyed hearts, destroyed souls. I mean, they're sick. These are sick cult members. They don't even understand they're in a satanic cult. They don't get it. This is the standing army the founders warned us about. Not only the military part of it, but especially the police forces. The founders would have been sickened if they saw the kinds of police forces that we have and what they're doing. And again, I shouldn't even use the word would be, they are. They are sickened by what the police are doing in this country. Over a thousand people murdered by police just summarily executed. No trial. We're going to execute you on the street. That's the precedent that was set in Nazi Germany. It's the precedent that was set in Soviet Russia. And it's the precedent that's being set in the United States now. Because the same forces control this country as set up those oppressive regimes. And if you don't think that, you don't know what's going on. If you think we defeated... Nazism, if you think we defeated Soviet communism, you are absolutely out of your mind naive. And you don't understand how insidious these forces are and how they've taken over. They took over in the late 20th and early 21st centuries. And they're more entrenched here than they've ever been. 
especially in the United States, which is becoming the next great vile, evil, imperialistic power of the world. And the people are just letting them do it because they're all drugged up. They're all worried about what reading whatever's on their social media. You know, they're all sitting there watching the idiot box, being entertained, watching the game, having a beer, you know, never doing any work with reality about what's really going on in this life. Moving to slide number 22. Richard Henry Lee, a quote again, Second Continental Congress, Virginia delegate, the man who tabled the motion for American independence. He said, to preserve liberty, it is essential, again, necessary, required, that the whole body of the people always possess arms and be taught alike, especially when young, how to use them. Again, this is about proper parenting, folks. This is about the communication of proper real-world values to your children, which was not done, which has not been done. Let me tell you something, folks. I t- In the par- parental abandonment issues, when, when I gave the cosmic abandonment presentation, I talked about my own first and foremost. I had no real parenting. Okay? Now, there's, there's family members who would go nuts hearing me say that. Why? Why? Because my physical creature comforts were w- well taken care of. I was sent to school. I was given meals three times a day. I had clothing. You think that's what parenting is? That's the very sl- slim, slim, slim foundation of parenting is providing for physical creature comfort needs. You think that's all parenting is? You have no business being one. At all. No proper moral education. No historical world view of the world. No long view of history provided. No, we'll send you to some school to do that. Well, who cares? You know? It, it, it's just to go get some piece of paper so you can go out and earn money and get a job. And I, I talked about this. And that's what my whole family's like. They don't care about what's going on in this world. They don't care about freedom. And that's what makes people like that bad people. That's not a good person. You're not a good person if you're like that. You're a bad person. This is what has to be understood. Most people's parents are bad people. I don't care how well-intentioned they are. I don't care how much they say they love you. You're not teaching any real moral values. You don't love anybody. Anybody. Lee is expressing here that these are values that are communicated through the generations from parents to children. And why are they so weak today in the world? Why is this under such attack, the Second Amendment and gun rights? Because we have bad parenting. We have parents who are know-nothings and then they're teaching their children squat. That's why. They don't care about the actual knowledge of their children growing up. Oh no, as long as they have a paycheck coming in. Think they care about the spiritual well-being? Your emotional well-being? No, not a bit. And that's what 99% of parents out there are like. And I might be being generous. 
If people have conscious parents, you are the luckiest individuals on the face of the earth. And I mean really conscious parenting. If, pe if you're being taught real morality, what real freedom is, real values, care for truth, what true care is about, that's what a parent teaches their children or should be teaching their children. You know how few ever get those lessons? To say you can count them on one hand is, is being too generous. Anybody that has parents like that, you should consider yourself some of the luckiest souls who've ever lived. Moving on to slide number 23. Alexander Hamilton, founding father and first secretary of the treasury. Talking about the necessity of the militia once again. If, quote, if circumstances should at any time oblige the government to form an army of any magnitude, that army can never be formidable to the liberties of the people while there is a large body of citizens, little if at all inferior to them in discipline and use of arms, who stand ready to defend their rights. He's ex exactly explaining what the militia is. A large body of people, of citizens, hardly inferior in discipline and, and training in the use of arms to a, an actual military who stand ready to defend their rights. That's the definition of a militia. Hamilton is giving the definition of a militia without actually using the word here. Because everybody knew it inherently. They just knew it. It was like, it was like knowing like what a cell phone is. A, the word, the phrase cell phone is just it's ubiquitous. It is absolute. It is in the vulgar language. Okay, it's everywhere present. Everybody knows what a cell phone is today. You wouldn't have to explain to somebody. You know, cell phones are communications devices which you know work with satellites and send data wirelessly. You wouldn't have to sit there and explain that to a human being in 2015. You just know what a cell phone is. These people just knew what a militia was. Because it was common in their colloquial language. Today, they don't want to ever say the word militia. It is a forbidden word. It is a forbidden word in mainstream media. The word militia is forbidden. Unless it's some crime that's been committed and the member who committed this horrific crime was a militia member. Then you'll hear the word used. As much as I don't like Hamilton for how he was connected to bringing in central banks, certainly an agent of uh, foreign powers to bring in monetary, financial domination into this country, at least from my analysis of, you know, his, his uh, involvement, you know, he could speak the truth on certain things. Therefore, this quote is absolutely valid regardless of who it's coming from. Don't fall into logical fallacies because some people did certain things that were deplorable during their lives that they can't say anything that's true. <clears throat> Next section. And again, we're probably not going to get to taking any calls today on the air. I'm going to continue to give this presentation and I'm going to continue it next week. And like I said, it'll take as long as it gets, as it takes to go through. I'm under no rush here. I'm trying to get these concepts out in ways that make sense and are unpacked and explored fully. So 
just like the last section on neo-feminism, this will take as long as it takes to get through. But we will, of course, take calls on this issue. I'll probably do a whole call-in show on it. And I, I really, I, you know, after I finish the presentation, I'm going to take a whole show just to rail on people, especially from other English-speaking nations like England and Australia, about the loss of your gun ownership rights. And I am going to be merciless. And I want to hear from people from those countries what they think of this issue. That'll be maybe some calls like that'll be coming up in a, in a couple weeks on this show. Let's hear your logic and reason when it comes to this issue, which I personally don't feel like many of people from those countries even understand at all. I'll do one more section on this presentation on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, last segment. Continuing with the Second Amendment presentation, the true meaning and purpose of the Second Amendment. We're on slide 24. The next section is the next phrase in the Second Amendment, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. So we saw the very first half of the Second Amendment unpacked a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. And now we fully understand what that means. Now we're going to deal with the second half of it. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So let's take the first part of that second half. And uh, that is the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Well, we know who the people are. That's all the individuals, the individuated units of consciousness, as I would say, living in a particular geographic region in this case, the United States of America, okay? That's the people. But, you know, we need to know what is meant by the right. We talk about this ad infinitum, what a right is on this show. Uh, Any listener, normal listener, regular listener of this show already should know what a right is. To keep and bear, we'll define those terms, and we'll define what arms are, uh, of which, of course, firearms is uh, a um, subset. So, Let's start with that. What are arms? Slide number 25 asks that question. And the dictionary definition of arms are weapons and ammunition of any kind. Anything that you can use as a weapon or ammunition is considered arms. So a hammer is arms, a club, a knife, a hatchet, a bow and arrow, handgun, semi-auto, full auto, hand grenade, tank, missile. You name it. If you could do damage to somebody with it, it's arms. Hey, you could pick up a screen. 
a computer screen and hit somebody with it. I could hit somebody with a microphone stand, you know? There's lots of things that you can use as arms. Things that are specifically designed to be arms are things like, you know, a bow and arrow, a handgun, a shotgun, a semi-auto rifle, etc. That's what we traditionally look at as arms or firearms. Firearms are, you know, projectile weaponry that use bullets, of course. So, the word arms literally in, in the Second Amendment literally meant the dictionary definition of weapons and ammunition of any kind. It was not limited to firearms. That means you shall not limit my ability to, to, to procure a hammer in my self-defense if I so wish to use a hammer or a club or a hatchet or a knife or a bu- set of bow and arrows. We're going to pick up breaking down field stripping the second amendment next week and then we'll get into its reassembly put it all back together understood in its full capacity what its total meaning and purpose really was as intended by the people who wrote it ladies and gentlemen that's all the time we have for this edition of what on earth is happening remember there are only two mistakes you can ever make on the path to truth not starting, and not going all the way. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you right here next week. Good night.